BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Bring on Joel and Dennis here. And Joel, if you want to share your charts, that would be great. Let's run through the overnight market and then let's get to the meat of this conversation. Okay, uh, well, the, the good news is we're up 15 handles at 4207.50. Uh, the bad news is uh, we're 40 points off the, the high and we're less than 10 points off the low. So uh, there you go. Uh, crude down $5.15 at 104.17. Uh, do we move over to the April? No, we got that April contract expiring. Big open interest still. Uh, gold down 1520, 1969.80. Silver in the red by 55 cents at 25.61. Uh, the cryptos are doing okay this morning. You have Bitcoin, uh, that's up $600 at 38.925. And Ethereum, that's uh, that's going north too. That's up $50.50 at 25.80. So, a lot to discuss here uh, this morning um, in the markets. Uh, we're just uh, Spencer's going to be the cheerleader. I'm excited. Uh, do you got some pom poms under your desk? Um, no, but we because may have we, you're, you're going to we're going to need it today. I got uh, something to cheer us up first. I what? got in in the mail this weekend. I got some new Benzinga swag, and I'm actually wearing it here right oh, now. Oh, you so. oh you got yours. I got some Benzinga swag. You got to see this shirt. Look I at sure this. I sure hope shirt. it's not a picture of me on it. <laughs> <laughs> this is not making my Joel, morning Joel, better. Joel, there's some coming. It's coming. To you it looks too. great. This is a volatile puppy. It's coming to you too, Joel. <laughs> Joel is just like. <laughs> You know why? No, you got to completely not acknowledge it. I just got to show it one more time. Wait, wait, wait! That's a swag, man. Look at that. Okay, that's a good looking guy right there. It's coming to you too. Do you know why they they sent that to you? (laughs) So I can because no one's buying them. Nobody's buying them. That's so the they had to one get, that they got they had rid to of. get rid of them. Let's get rid of that one. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, what size is Dennis so wearing? Let's get rid of this one. <laughs> First of all, I don't wear glasses anymore, right? Uh, but uh, well, good, Dennis. Now you got a uh, a new I la- shirt. I, lo- I opened up the mail. I looked and I laughed outright, and then I threw that back to Spencer <laughs> to my kid Spencer, and then he laughed too, and he's like. <laughs> and he's reading the shirt. And he's going Dennis, through. Dennis, you're next, man. You're next. Oh, great. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That one was sound. Me. I will buy this stock for a penny. <laughs> okay. Fun time. Good job, Dennis. Good job. Good job. It's pretty cool shirt. Good, good job, Dennis. The one thing, Spencer, just in the future, though, yeah. a large, this is a large t shirt. And 
It's a little bit skin tight on me. <laughs> I'm an XL, sometimes a double XL. Me so. too. I, 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 I'll I wear was, it for you, but I, I wasn't sure about showing the, off that man bod. I wasn't sure about the exchange rate between the U.S. and Canada sizes there. I, I thought they maybe, but uh, go with the XL. All right, all right. Good 215 to know. pounds. Go with the XL. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> all right, let's <laughs> let's start with China here, guys. And by the way, uh, you can if you want to check out our swag store, we got a lot of stuff there. Swag.benzing.com. All right, China. China is a story here. Um, it, it's a never-ending series of headlines. You really can't escape it. Um, what over the weekend? Uh, there was, gosh, headlines out of DD. Which which fell forty four percent on Friday. Um, it just it's so much pain. There's headlines out of ten cent, yeah. uh, and it, it is remarkable how low these Chinese stocks are going. Alibaba yeah. got to what this morning? Eighty two. Alibaba right? is trading right now. It got to eighty. Yeah, it's at eighty two this morning. It got to eighty. I mean, and I get this question all the time. Like, when are you buying Baba? When are you buying Baba? I sold Baba. I'm not rebuying Baba. I don't know when. If uh, you know, is it cheap? It's been cheap the whole time. It doesn't matter. What What is a bigger issue for all these Chinese stocks here now is the potential of delisting. And this is a whole new can of worms to worry about with all these Chinese stocks. Not even a matter of their government torpedo torpedoing their own companies. It's now a matter of the U.S. government potentially torpedoing these companies, too, with uh, the delisting possibility. So headline broke on Thursday night, which never got any press on Friday. No, it did. Um, it, it got press, but... Not, not because of the Ukraine situation. So tell us about this. We should have talked about this Friday morning, but there was four companies, I believe, mentioned in it um, as a potential delisting here. All Chinese companies. Tell us, tell us what's happening here, Spencer. So there was this law that was passed two years ago. Uh, in, in the U.S. as holding foreign companies accountable act, which basically just says that the SEC has the right to delist any stock that trades in the U.S. Uh, from a foreign nation if the U.S. can't view three consecutive years worth of company audits. But the catch is that on the China side, they don't let their auditors share their information with the U.S. So something's got to give here. Yeah. Obviously, I just mentioned the fact that this law is two years old and Hasn't really been enforced yet. Um, the the list that the SEC put out on Friday on Thursday consisted of five stocks, uh, Yum China being the big one, um, but and there are four other smaller ones here. But the obviously the the implication here is that every Chinese stock is henceforth at risk of potential delisting. Um, that's why you see continued fallout in KWeb and Baba and Baidu and JD, even though they were not mentioned on yeah. Thursday. Um, and the, I, I think I saw a stat that, that, the the Hang Seng is down 34% year to date and not, we didn't even mention the fact that over the weekend, uh, the Shenzhen, uh, Shenzhen went back into lockdown over there because of COVID. Yeah. Which is, don't forget about that. So there's all kinds of fun things happening. China is the concern here this morning for me. So obviously the Ukraine situation, we had some good news, potential, you know, and this is why the European markets are up and we'll just leave that after we say that. But there's a potential, you know, ceasefire. They're talking, they think later in the week, they're moving towards that. So that is good news that whether that we can believe that or not, we don't know. They pulled it. We thought this Thursday and then they pulled the rug out from under it an hour later. So we don't know anything on that front. You don't know what you can believe, but 
I do know you can believe the potential for delisting of a lot of these companies. So I believe there's four. If you can go find that headline for Thursday night, Spencer. Young China was the big one. It's fine. I think there was three other companies I it's, thought it's, mentioned it's, in that same. Bay, it's Beijing. Uh, here, let me get you the ticket. Yeah. So Young China is YUMC. Right? Yes. That's the easy one. And then you got this other company, Beijing, which is uh, it's it, BGNE. Is that one? Okay. And Zay Lab, which is Z L A B, is Lab. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, ACM Research, yeah. which is ACMR, also yeah. makes sense. And then the last one was Hutchmed. And that one is Gosh. HCM. Those I, don't are need, just, I don't even need to bring up all the. They all just they all yeah. just got destroyed, and they've been destroyed. Yep. And you get the arguments. I, I mentioned a little bit of this on Twitter, and you get the arguments back. Well, Tencent's not listed over here, not on a regular exchange, and it's doing fine. And you know, and that's what they're arguing is that all these you know ADRs that are getting murdered on this are still going to be okay. And that might be the case, but you have a lot of U.S. investors that invest via ADRs. And if all of a sudden these are getting delisted, it's going to turn off a lot of institutional investors. It's going to turn off a lot of retail investors. It's going to equal selling. Nobody likes their company getting delisted, even though it's just an ADR. And yes, you'll still be able to trade out of it, probably down. But it's not as simple. And people don't like holding companies that get delisted. Delisting you for, usually for me equals sell. So with the potential for all these AUS ADRs to get delisted, it's hard to buy any of them. There, was, there wasn't a lot of reason to buy them before because they've been going straight down. But you look at Alibaba and people are shouting out at me. I mean, the P on this thing is what, 10 or 11 now? I mean, it's low. You know, you're coming back to, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Like the Baba is not that far from all-time lows. I mean, Jeez, I think it came out at 50. I think the all-time low on Alibaba is around 56. Like the uh, all-time low. 57. $57. And, I was, and, and they've grown the company from 2015 exponentially. I mean, if you, if there was a chart going around on the weekend just showing how much Alibaba revenues have grown. And the stock has gone the exact opposite direction. You think, what a value here. But I don't know. Like, one is you still don't know, you know, what you can believe and what you can't believe. Two is China, you know, obviously was, you know, a big part of this original fall with government regulations and everything else that's going on over there. Three, a delisting is not fun either. So part of me thinks, wow, how can you go wrong buying Baba at 82? But then part of me thinks... I don't know where we're going with China. This is kind of a little bit, I don't know. It's not a financial war, but, you know, it's not. There's a lot of other worries with China over here, too, right now. I mean, you know, the rumors on the weekend that they were going to send military to Russia, which China denied. I mean, there's so many things to think about. There's so many balls in the air when it comes to investing in China right now that it makes me just like, I don't understand or know what I can believe right now. So I think I'm just out. But at a certain point, it's Baba buy probably, but I mean, you could have said that 100 points ago. So it's hard to just catch this falling knife and say 82 is the bottom. This is sort of what we talked about on Friday with uh, with Cameron, right? I mean, capitulation. Uh, the, the, the sell-off the, the sell in China is a little bit ahead of of the sell off and it's it's more been more vicious than the sell off in the U.S. So yes. it, have we reached the point of capitulation? I give up, sell. I don't care. A little bit, and then and then that that leads to a bottom. You mentioned Tencent though, Dennis, and I do want to mention the fact that over the weekend there was a headline: 
Ten Tencent is facing a record fine uh, from from Beijing uh, as it pertains to their WeChat uh, Pay network. Gosh. And so more regular. What's the symbol on that one? I always have a hard time it's, with it. It's, it's OTC, so it's T C E H Y. T C E H Y. Yeah. And again, uh, you know, this is where if they were getting delisted, you would obviously see. But even Tencent, look at that chart, Joel. I mean, you can say, well, Tencent's but, held up well, has it? But Tencent's also a bad example because Tencent is the conglomerate of the bunch, and it owns, it has its tentacles and everything. Yeah. So. Maybe the solution here is that these things do they, they delist and then they trade OTC, which which is a platform for them to still trade in the US without being on an exchange. So in theory, Tencent could hold up better if it wasn't a literal conglomerate in 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 that in the fact that it has pieces of all these Gosh. other tech tech companies. If it wasn't so so exposed to China. There's uh, so I, many things to think about here. There's just so many implications. It's hard to just come in and say. And, and I, I, I struggle. Besides the valuations being dirt cheap, it's it's a struggle to like find like the catalyst, like the reason to come in and buy them now. I mean, because you could argue valuation six months ago, and believe me, a lot of people on my Twitter when I was selling my Alibaba, my last shares at one hundred and forty-seven dollars that day, and you won't see it on the chart, but I sold in the pre-market. Um, actually, well, 148, I guess, to trade to that day that it disappointed. I had a multiple people saying, you're really going to regret that sale. I mean, it's 882. I'm pretty happy with that sale. I mean, and, and, and they were arguing the arguments coming after me is Baba is dirt cheap. Baba has been dirt cheap compared to other tech stocks for a long time. I don't know where this is going. I don't know how much the government's going to continue to regulate, you know, their profits over there. I don't know if they're going to delist the company. I just don't know. And I don't know means I don't buy. Where's Jack? Uh, around, I think. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really we don't. don't know. Um, There's I, so I, much I, stuff yeah. we don't know about, Joel. That's the whole yeah, problem I with know, going and right? investing in China. You just don't know. And then you add the whole can of worms of, we don't know where China's siding on the whole Ukraine thing yet. They've been pretty, oh, you know, boy. pretty quiet about it. So there's well, major, no. you know, we, we we know where they're siding. Let's well, be, they side with Russia and it clear. escalates. That's major problems because we don't want. It's one thing to get into a financial war with Russia. The U.S. cannot get into a financial war with China. They make all our products. They control a huge portion of the U.S. debt. And I I just can't see how it ends well for the U.S. if we decide to go into a financial war with China. We don't have the manufacturing facilities here. I mean, we get into a financial war with China just for fun, not saying it's going to happen, but just for fun. Let's just say they said, hey, Apple, you're not making your phones here anymore. Well, what the hell would happen to Apple stock? There's people work for $2 an hour over there. So, I mean, that's not probably happening, but... I'm saying I don't think we should escalate it to a point of trying to get into a financial war with China. I think that we need to consider like, you know, that this is a much different, you know, from a financial, from an economic standpoint, much different to get in a financial war with Russia versus a financial war with China. So I think we just can't do it. So I I don't know. There's a lot of things to think about here, but there's a lot of things to be worried about with just going and investing in China right now. 
just for context, the reason why we laid the show off with this this morning is because when I pulled up my Benzinger Pro this morning, and I'm looking at what's up and what's down in the pre-market, half of my down movers is China. It, it, half of it's these every stocks, day. Yeah. It's every China, day they're down. Half these stocks that are the biggest losers in the morning are Chinese stocks. It, it is remarkable the breadth and consistency of the – there's basically no pocket of strength in China. It's all – everything is down. Uh, there, it's all going one direction, and it's down. It, it, and it's it, it's been that way. I mean, look at Alibaba chart. Let's go back to Baba. February eighteenth, which is basically less than a month ago, was one hundred and twenty dollars a share, and that was after it got beat up from three hundred dollars for the last year and a half. We know that. So a lot of people saying we've got some bays, we're solid. We take out the lows, and again, if you are trading and you are actually trading on the short side and and taking shorts on stocks making new lows of the move. The breakdowns are working so much better than the breakouts. That broke down, Joel, from 108 was the low back in December. Yep. It cut through 108, and you've basically taken no heat from that point in time. It had the whoosh to 100, came back to test it. Technically speaking, that's a perfect scenario. 111 was the high back on the 11th, and then we've been straight down ever since no heat. I mean, the shorts on the breakdowns are working so much better than the longs on the breakouts. And we continue to be in this bear market. And as a trader, you've got to look both ways here. It's hard to say that, okay, yeah, Bob's is going to bounce. You know how many bag holders are in this thing, Spencer? Everyone. They're all bag holders. There's basically, you know, unless you were lucky enough to buy it in 2015 or 2016. The majority of people who own shares in Alibaba right now are bag holders, and they want to get out on bounces. They want their money back. You know, you'll have a whole new realm. If this gets back to 100, there's a whole new group of sellers, the ones that have bought it recently, that are say, hey, give me my money back or give me some of my money back. That's why stocks making new lows, it's hard for them to just come back. So it's tough to just come in here and say, Alibaba is cheap. Let's buy it. It's going to be okay 10 years from now because we don't know. This isn't a U.S. company. It's a lot different. I just can't see. And that's why I'm making the case again here. I just don't want to invest in China right now. I want to go even farther than that. So I wrote, I own some emerging markets funds in my long-term portfolio. I don't own any Chinese stock direct, none. But I do have a couple of emerging markets funds. On Friday, I wrote this on my sheet. And I don't know if you can see it there. It says, sell emerging markets funds. I was telling myself with 10 stars. Get out of all those funds. I'm I'm like actually looking here and saying some of these EEM, it's basically EEM that I own. It's a Canadian equivalent, but it's basically EEM. I'm looking at them down 15, 20%. I'm thinking, man, they could go a lot lower. Now, the emerging markets funds have a lot of other companies. Like it's better than having China, like an FXI. FXI has been hurt a lot more because EEM, it's got Japan, you know, we Singapore, we got other countries in there. But... I don't know if I want to own any of it. Like a lot of it is in China, then in that EEM. It's definitely got a huge chunk invested in China. I mean, we're only getting back to 2020 pricing here. If they really start hammering those stocks, those emerging markets funds. So I think on a bounce, I think I'm actually a seller of emerging markets funds. The CEM, though, look, I mean, it looks like it kind of been holding up. I mean, it's held up really well. Yeah. All my yeah. emerging markets funds, I'm still green in all those things. And I've been buying them for the last few years, but I'm up in all of them. I'm thinking, I don't want to go red in these things. I don't want them to Alibaba me. Now, again, I think Japan is in a completely different situation. So maybe you got to break down and like, can we do that? What is an EEM? 
Yeah, I'm looking right now. I'm glad. Let's like asking. break it down. How much we know right, it's so chunk of, it's twenty. Good China. It's twenty eight percent in China. Yeah. You want me to go country or region? Yeah, yeah, go country. Or, All right. Yeah, country is best. Second largest weighting is Taiwan, which is yeah. not that's not going to help things here. No, sixteen uh, percent. No. They no. followed by India and South Korea, which collectively make up about a quarter. India and South Korea are about a quarter of the fund together. Uh, Brazil's five percent. Saudi Arabia is four percent. Then you've got a lot. Basically, those are the, those are your largest. It's uh, South Africa is th- is is uh, three three point eight, and you've got it breaks out Hong Kong separately. So those are your largest holdings. It goes China, Taiwan, yeah. India, yeah. South Korea, Brazil, Saudi Arabia, South Africa. Those are your lar- those are your your seven largest weightings in terms of country breakdown in in the EEM. Uh, ETF. So if you want to go a little bit more broad and say, okay, uh, let's combine that stuff. It's 75% Asia Pacific, 13% Europe, and about 12% um, North, South, and Central America. So it's still mostly Asia. That would make sense. because it's, it's a lot. So we got basically between China and Taiwan, 40%. Yep. And that's why it's held up better than China because China has been the one that's really been getting nailed. I I don't know. I think on a, it's been an argument that EEM has underperformed for, you know, the better part of 15 years here yeah. now. So that's why I've had some emerging markets funds and you keep thinking this may catch up trade, catch up trade. And it looks like it's going to go the other way, you know? So it, it is really tough investing environment right now. All right. Uh, in, in all areas. You oh, know, so, going, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, you got to interrupt. I was going to move on to Europe, though, because, like, in, <laughs> against the context of all, all of China getting hit today, I was surprised to see the European banks this morning. Actually, it's not just the banks. It's all of Europe trading higher. No, well, that's not surprising, though, because we've got the potential. They're trading higher on the potential for a ceasefire. Uh, yeah. We, how many times are they going to fall? Yeah, well, they said it again. So you know, t- in an hour, they're going to say there's no ceasefire, no, not even close, and then they'll pull the rug. That could happen. You That's can't what happened before. Fool, fool me four times, shame on you. But <laughs> I know, I know. But the market needs to be fooled. So U.S. markets are leaking, but I think the U.S. markets aren't leaking so much. The U.S. are very much underperforming European markets here this morning. But I think the U.S. markets are worried about the China situation too. You know, I, I think this whole delisting thing really didn't get the press on Friday. It's concerning. You come in and you see Alibaba down another 5% in Hong Kong, Hang Seng getting killed over the weekend. You think, man, this is just getting ugly. Baidu is now $110 again. JD.com is 45 bucks. I mean, holy crap. Remember I took that JD trade from like 62 to 78? Oh, yeah. Holy cow, I'm lucky I didn't rebuy. That's 45. JD is 45 bucks. Like, that's like, you know, what we were saying is one of the best ones. I mean, that it, it it's moved from forty. It's it's. I give a perspective. It was seventy three dollars. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven yeah, trading really. days ago. Yeah. Forty five to from seventy three to forty five. They didn't even. The company didn't even do anything. They didn't say anything. This is just like selling first. And you know, to Cameron's point on Friday, are we hitting a point of capitulation on these things? Maybe, and that would be the argument to maybe come in here eventually. But I don't want to be the hero. I'm not the person that's going to try to call the bottom on this. Do I want to own JD long term? Maybe. 45 seems cheap. Hell yeah. But does it mean that this is the bottom? Does it mean not going to 35 tomorrow? I don't know that. Really tough, man. Tough market. Tough, tough to over. If we think our markets are tough, 
Chinese market's way tougher. Um, I I'm I'm anxiously awaiting any headlines out of Apple today, or not? Maybe not today, but maybe in the coming weeks here, because we mentioned the Shenzhen lockdown. Yeah. You know who's you know who's in Shenzhen? Foxconn. You know what Foxconn makes? iPhones. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> You're not making you guys me feel all warm me. and fuzzy inside here, Spencer. <laughs> Sorry. I don't even know what to say. Let's just slippery slope this go, whole uh, show down. Take the day off. Look, look, so Apple's getting the beats because they're locking down because they got 3,000 cases there. You know, 3,000 cases of COVID. I mean, there's 3,000. I'm living in a town of 30,000 people. There's probably 3,000 cases in this town. So, I mean, COVID's everywhere. 3,000 cases is an absolute joke. But whatever, they're locking it down. So that means, and they've shut the Apple, I believe they temporarily have shut down that Apple facility, correct? The, the Foxconn plant, yeah. That's why Apple's down three bucks here right now. Yeah. We know I own Apple the long term. We know I sold a little piece after owning it for a decade because I'm concerned about valuation here not being cheap. Apple's not a cheap stock. You know what I'm starting? Let's slippery slope this thing all the way here. Oh. Berkshire Hathaway oh, made on. a new all-time high on Friday. Okay. What is Berkshire Hathaway really doing at an all-time high? Let's stop and think about it, this. We've got a lot of concerns. It's because it's all the rest of the stuff. It's, it's, it's 45% Apple. Yeah, it's the rest of the stuff, though. There is a case to make to short Berkshire Hathaway here at an all-time high. I hate shorting stocks at new all-time highs. There's actually a case to go short. and not saying I'm going to do it, but there's a case to short Berkshire Hathaway, and the case is Apple. If Apple really starts to get ugly... You got Burke at all-time highs, which is completely – investors in Berkshire Hathaway are completely dis- disregarding the, the, the huge holding of Apple because Apple is now significantly off the highs. Berkshire Hathaway should almost track Apple closer when it's 45%. Yeah, it's got Coke. Coke's up there making new – well, Coke's broke down too, though. What's all, what's holding – why is Berkshire? Let's, can we open up and see why Berkshire is at all-time highs? What do they have? They, got, they got a 10% stake in um, Occidental Petroleum. Occidental? Yeah, the oil the oil holdings helping to hold. Yeah, up. and they got they got and uh, he has CVX. He's got some oil, and that's really helping for sure. He's got How oil, much oil? Apple. Is it fifteen percent oil? Um, I'm, he doesn't Kroger's, have any airlines either. Kroger's. As much as we were beating him up for selling the airlines, those airline sales are looking pretty good right now. <laughs> Kroger, Kroger's a good one. Uh, you also mentioned that the Berkshire annual meeting is six weeks away. It's the end of April. Maybe we're a run up into that. I don't know. Uh, okay, so we know we know Don, so, we, we know so, that they. I'm saying that, that they they got all kinds of stuff. Okay, so, so yeah, he, they're 45 percent Apple. He's got 13 percent Bank America, 8 percent American Express. Okay, that's no good. Bank America's position sucks. He's 13 percent Bank America. He owns it in like eight bucks. Dennis, all right, all right, this isn't an ETF. We'll say that, you know, yes, you know, it's a, it's, it's a fund. It's a close fund. It's getting, they're giving it a lot of benefit of, of, you know, the holdings here. I got to think it's probably, the NAV is probably dropping faster than, the, than, than BRK.B. I've got to think that with these holdings. I, how, how, we don't know. <laughs> well, you don't know what he's how done. How do we know what that is? Out. Uh, you're going to sit down and do the math yourself because that's not calculated. So I know. Be nice as an ETF. I mean, at Kathy Wood, it's done continuously by creation and redemption as an ETF. Yeah. This is completely different. It's closed end fund, basically. So you can see the holdings and you can figure it out, but it's going to deviate from NAV. I mean, I don't know where the NAV is, but <laughs> I just say I'm, 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 I'm 
If it's only 47% Apple, Bank America's 13%, that's 60% of the fund that's not positioned very well, in my opinion. So uh, oil helps. Joel, Joel's right. He's got some he's got some nice oxy in there. How much percentage-wise of the fund? Uh 2%. He's got 2%s nothing. Throw that away. That's well, so much, I, there's only uh, 10 of them that they're giving more. it too much benefit of, you know, defense, Warren value. If I own Berkshire Hathaway, I would sell it here today. I've been bullish Warren for decades. I actually am coming on the show here today and saying I don't want to own Berkshire Hathaway right now at an all-time high. It's at an all-time high right now. I'm selling a stock, and I'm not – no position in it. I'm just saying if I was in it, and they got all that Apple, they got Bank America, and, yes, they got some oil help in it. Yes, they have some insurance, but I don't think insurance companies are doing fantastic right now either. I mean, you can bring some of those up. I guess they piled up well. Uh, don't know how well they're going to hold up a nuclear war, but it's a whole other story. How do we go from this to that? It's Well, because Apple and Burke are linked. Okay, okay. No, no we no. take it back to Apple. Forty-five percent Apple. I own thirteen percent Apple. I I lighten up my Apple stake. He owns forty-five. I would be hitting the bids on Apple. So I think I'm concerned. Right. And maybe Do we get the cane. Do can we get the cane out? The cane? Yeah. You're gonna cane me off the show? Do you want to buy Burke up here? Give me no, the bull case. No, I don't. I don't. Please I don't. give me the bull case. Chat. Give I, me I, the bull case. I, I, I wish Hathaway. I could come up with arguments again. Usually, I can always argue with you, but <laughs> you're 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 right, and it, it's it's not it's not good. I mean, also going back to the whole net asset value thing. Remember when uh, Icon Enterprises? Remember when that had that that uh, big move, right? Yeah. And a lot of it was bait. You know, he owned the Apple. Remember when that thing? I wrote he an article. He deviated from Nav. His Nav on IEP. This is Remember what that? these closed-end funds do, which is basically what Berkshire Hathaway is. The Nav on IEP it was like fifty-five, and IEP went to one fifty-five. Or yep. whatever it was, one forty nine. It was over a hundred bucks over nav, and they were given at the premium because Uncle Carl was just, you know, Uncle Carl, and everybody was on CNBC every other day talking his buck, yeah. jacking prices, you know, bullying companies around. Everybody's like, "Yeah." Now, I think this is a this is a not that was an extreme example, but I just think this market is giving Warren Buffett just too much premium here now, too much for as much as they hold Apple. I think you're giving it too much premium, and it makes me worried. Like, you think about, I don't want to own anything really right now. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm 45% cash in the long-term portfolio. Do I want to own a stock at an all-time high? I mean, those are the kinds you want to own, but... Can I I offer the the bull case here? So we've limited this entire conversation about Berkshire Hathaway to the public portfolio, right, to the stocks that they own, but... sure. The, the the Apple is only one. It's a big pillar, but it's only one pillar of the Berkshire fund. He's got the insurance. He's got the transportation are, are the other big pillars there. So uh, this is an infrastructure play, too. We don't have as much visibility into into that in terms of um, the how those holdings break down and what the what the overall percentage is of those holdings, because they own the entirety of a lot of companies. Right? They, they've got a large private portfolio um but transports infrastructure um insurance those are the other big pillars. it's not just apple if apple's 40 percent of the stocks that they own but there's more stuff here it's not just stocks it's not just what public. is it of the overall so that's a good argument i don't so, know 
of the fund. Like, okay, break it down. Like, do we know what Spence, the private... what's say? I don't, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what the overall weighting is of... of That's uh, what, I've always understood that it's 45% of the fund. So you're telling me it's only 45% of the stocks and there's a huge portion that aren't stocks. I I know he's owned stuff, but I thought it was 45 People are touting it. That's 45%. I thought that meant of the 45% of the fund. Right. That's a completely it different could example. Be. It could you're be. do more homework right. then. Even if, it, even if it is, even if it is 40%, the, and it very well might be, transports, infrastructure, insurance, are those are the other big pillars here. Let's not discount that. Uh, looking at the just the stocks that, 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 that uh, Warren Buffett owns, Apple probably is 40% of the whole thing because a lot of these holdings are, the majority of them, frankly, are less than 1% of, of Berkshire. Right. Right. Or 1%. Right. So, there, there's only four stocks that have a seven percent weighting or more in the overall portfolio. So, yeah, it probably includes everything else, but let's not discount everything else. All right, infrastructure decade. Joe Biden said it. His lips to to our ears. Um, I'm just yeah. Saying, that's gonna take a while to filter through, though. I, I mean, forget about kinda, that. You know, boom. They got bridges don't go up overnight. I mean, you know, yeah. it, t- it takes a while too. Anyway, all right. Um, I, I before we bring Tim on, I want to talk about a firm quickly. Afrm. Okay. Uh, they, this is this is a weird headline. I saw this you know, over the weekend. Um, so on Friday, a firm was marketing uh, a, a a bond sale, an asset-backed security bond sale. And they halted the bond sale in the middle of the sale. Like they had already sold some bonds, like some tranches, and then they halted it midway through, which is kind of weird. I saw Danny Moses tweeting about this. If you don't know who Danny Moses is, um, all you need to know is that he was involved in the big short. He was uh, under Steve Leisman, whose character was played by Steve Carell in the movie. Um, and he was tweeting about a firm over the weekend, not in a good way. Um, so this is a weird, I, I'm, I'm not super familiar with the bond market, but I, I don't know how, how frequent it is to see a, a company do a bond sale. And in the middle of the sale, you be like, Nope, never mind. I'll stop. Yeah. You know why? You know <laughs> why? Because no one was buying them. Well, may, well they, they already sold some though. So they had to, terrible. <laughs> they had to like take it back. You yeah. you want to talk about from bliss to piss in a heartbeat? That is this stock, because back in November, hundred and seventy six dollars. I was trading it too, and it was like the bull train was there. Talk about an epic collapse! I mean, hundred and seventy six dollars is now twenty nine dollars. The company was supposed to disrupt Mastercard and Visa and all the payment companies. This, this buy now, pay, you know, whatever it is, you know, later, pay later, it's going to change everything. And you know when it really started to get ugly was when they came out and their, their delinquencies were so high. You remember that? Back, that was just after November, they came out and the delinquencies were like running at like really high rate. And it's like, wow, do you think that's, you know, obviously you're not going to a clientele. People are buying something and paying later. You think they're going to miss the payments, a few of these people? Potentially. So the whole business model, I remember talking about on the show that day, and it was like $150, and I was like, this is not good. It's been straight down ever since there. What a screaming short that was. And when was that? Do you remember? If he's looking back to the pro right now, I think Spencer is. No, I, I, I realized I said Steve Leisman, and I meant to say, uh, <laughs> what's the guy's name from the big short? Not not Steve Leisman. 
Steve Sorry. Eastman's a CNBC guy. Yeah, I know. No, no. Steve. Um, uh, I can't remember. Uh, Iceman. Iceman. Oh, I was close. Leesman, Iceman, whatever. Close enough. Close enough. Half credit for me. Um, <laughs> good catch, Joe. No, uh, what was the question, Dennis? And then I'll bring Tim on. When did a firm come yeah. out with uh, delinquency rate high? It was like November. Like the, yeah, there was like it's got to be right around. It was major media uh, was on CNBC. It's like the, the delinquencies were so damn high. November 9th or 10th, 8th, 9th or 10th. I think so. In there. Yeah. Uh, the, it's I mean, right, people it's gotta, weren't paying later. They were paying never. Yeah, it was. Let me find it in the pro. Anyways, I that just, was the selling opportunity. That was the time to say this business model may not be as strong as we think it is. And now it's twenty nine bucks. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's let's get Tim Quast on here. It is Monday, and on Monday, we need help. We Tim, please bring on Tim Quast for Market Structure Mondays. Let's do that right about now. Tim, good morning. This thing up. <laughs> good morning. Happy Monday, guys. So uh, nothing is happy. What's so happy? <laughs> oh, everything. Oh, I've got to stop uh, falling for the platitudes, tropes, and cliches uh, that typify <laughs> Monday mornings. So, Dennis, it's funny. You, <clears throat> so, I we came back from Spokane yesterday. So there, you know, we didn't have groceries in the fridge. So we bought some Thai food, and we had the option to pay it in installments. I mean, that's <laughs> speaking of a firm. You know, the fact that you can you can buy everything from your Thai takeout to your furniture in installments is a, is a remarkable thing. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 Tim, I don't know really if you're listening to the conversation. Order. We'll take it yeah. away from a that's firm. That's I'm thinking too, Joel. I want to bring it back to Apple because I want to see what the market, <laughs> I want to see what Tim's, you know, market structure edge is showing on Apple here. I'm very concerned about Apple because it technically doesn't feel healthy to me. I'm so concerned about Apple, Tim. I've held Apple in my long-term portfolio for a decade, yep. and I realized mm-hmm. I sold a 25% of the position, which I never thought I would sell. Wow! But last week at 162, I was like, I'm too nervous about having my portfolio 13% Apple. So I lightened up. It had just grown into that. I bought it like a long time ago, and I'm like, I never wanted to realize the gain because basically the majority of it was gain. But I'm just concerned. And I don't like the technicals. It doesn't feel healthy to me. The valuation isn't cheap. And we're in an yep. environment where they're hammering a lot of stocks and they hadn't really hammered it yet. What is, and they're starting to hit it now. Yep. What are the thought? What, it, what what's the market structure that's showing on Apple? I bet you it's got to be like a two or a three. No, mm-hmm. okay, he's betting. I want not bias it. Well, well, it doesn't matter. It's a system. So we you know, mar- market structure is predictive, so it won't necessarily reflect what you think. But I'm so I'm reminded, and you know, there's always something that will trigger a thought <clears throat> for me, which I'm not sure is a good thing. But uh, so uh, <laughs> he's trying. So Tim's I'm trying. Re- I laughed. I'm, it was funny. I, I remind so so because we were exhausted. We had this big big. Uh, my my mother had an 80th birthday bash, which we uh, organized as a surprise up in Spokane over the weekend. And so there was, and we had a flight out of Spokane at 5:40 in the morning on the Sunday when the time change occurs. So. Uh, I didn't get any sleep. So we got back and, and uh, we're watching this old movie because I spent, a, I spent a year when I was in college in Sri Lanka. And uh, so I've, I'm pretty familiar with Southeast Asia, spent a lot of time in Thailand. And, and the, there's this movie called The Killing Fields, oh, uh, yes. which 
which is a, which is an absolutely fantastic movie about wartime conditions. And it reminds me in some ways of Ukraine. And I have a point about Apple, Dennis. I'm going somewhere with this. Yeah, okay. And so there's, there's <laughs> It's got some really, and it's a true story. That's what I think makes it wonderful. And there's this, there's this point where clearly things are falling apart there. And you know, you think about Apple as sort of the, the stolid mainstay, the thing that you could count on. And they're yes. in what we used to call Phnom Penh, the, the capital of Cambodia, which became Kampuchea for four years, just a disaster. And this British character, a, a journalist played by Julian Sands, says to the Americans, well, what I'm hearing, and he's British, keep this in mind, what I'm hearing is the place to be is the French, uh, the, uh, the French consulate. <clears throat> and, uh, and they said, well, where are, you, where are you getting that news? And, and he said, from the British consulate. And keep in mind that he's, he's British. So it's gotten so bad that the Brits are saying, no, hang out with the French. And I think in the markets, things are so bad that even the Apple, the committed Apple folks are saying, well, let's go shift to energy, right? It's gotten, it's gotten that bad in the market. So let's go look at Apple. Maybe that fell flat, but if, you, if nothing else. It's a good I movie. Oh, I know. It's, it's a good movie. I, I'll, I'll say riveting, one thing too, just riveting. on uh, uh and I, this is just my recollections of talking with, uh, you know, with Gene over the years and stuff. I mean, they're, I'm not saying they're moving away from the iPhone, but I think that they hopefully are, they're looking to diversify their, their income stream. And, you know, I don't know what's going to be part of the metaverse or where they're going, but that. Oh, they're working on something. They're not just going to be that dependent on the iPhone. What that's going to do in the interim uh, right. with the stock down 1.82%. But I just, I just wanted to share that thought. Go ahead, Tim. What's uh, what's market structure have to say? So, and for, for people new to market structure, market structure is the mechanics of the market. It's think it's, it's shifting your thinking from, well, what are the, fundamentals of the business, their financial performance, their management, their long-term prospects, et cetera, or the technical charts. And it says, let's look at how the mechanics of the way that money gets into and out of the market affect prices. And before I get to Apple, here's a firm, by the way. And to your point, Dennis, sure. this, so when it spends a lot of time above five, this whole time above five, the moment the moment that it breaks below five, you should leave. You could even say when 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 demand begins to fall. So this is price. This this line's price, and then the green section that's demand. And when demand is above five, it tends to be excess. And uh, uh, if it's at ten, wow, you know that's a that's a momentum stop. Uh, so when demand begins to fall, you should beware. It will tell you what's coming. Market structure, the mechanics of the market will tell you what's coming. So if demand falls and supply increases, see it's over 50% short, the likelihood that you continue to produce gains diminishes, and particularly if it drops below five. And look what it's been. It's been absolutely miserable. The yeah. one time that it was ticking above five was right when broad market sentiment was at 7.5. Don't buy that. The broad market's already telling you the whole market's going to go down. Uh, you know, Month-end window dressing. Passive money was getting rid of tech, and I think we need to talk about that. So it's been miserable, and it's still miserable no matter how much it's come down. You say, well, it can't go any lower. Well, sure it can until this equation changes, mm -hmm. and there are points in time when change occurs. One of those is setting up this week, options expirations. 
That's when things recalibrate. And you could look at it after that and say, is money coming back into a firm? But until that point, and unless that occurs, don't do it. There's no reason to buy something because it went down 50%. That's not a good reason. Okay, so let's go look at Apple. That's just, I just want to mm. stop you there. I mean, that's yeah. such a, a good statement to say. And there's just, this is like human nature to want right. to get a deal. Right. And you coming out and saying there's no reason to buy something that just went down 50%, you know, until you start seeing some life. And right. I mean, that's what people want to buy the bottom. They want to think, okay, Alibaba can't go any lower. Maybe we'll go look at Alibaba after Apple. But yep. I mean, this is what human nature does. I mean, this is, sure you know, does. when you start trading, every trader thinks the same thing. I want to buy on the cheap. I want to get a deal. And then you realize, you know, as you get further in your trading career, that tough making money with buying stocks that are going down. <laughs> it's, it's rarely works out. It just, uh, that's a, one of history's timeless lessons. Uh, buying stuff high and selling it low is not a good way to make money, uh, time tested. So uh, this is a one-year look at the supply and demand in Apple. So once again, here's price, uh, and we're just taking the closing price. Uh, and then the demand is the green line. Once And the more time stuff spends above five, the better it tends to do. Things that spend a lot of time at five tend to be platform stocks, foundational stocks that the market rests on. Well, Apple was only below five for two stretches here between uh, March of last year. So here in May, which was a tough time in the market, that people really got hurt in May. That's where the momentum market ended. I've said this, I've said this over and over here on, on Market Structure Monday, that we have returned to where the market was in May, same price right now as it was in May, because that's where the momentum market ended. Now, we'll find out whether we can get our footing again. The only other time that Apple spent any time below five over that whole period was in October or uh, September, October, the transition last year. Also a tough time, also a point where the broad market was top. Now look at how the momentum has broken down. Uh, I don't, this does not look terrible, but Joel, to answer your question, it is, it is a 4.2 and descending. So demand is below five, not good, uh, and falling still. Uh, and so you want to buy rising demand and sell falling demand. That, that's generally a rule. There, you know, there, there are nuances to that. Uh, and then if you look at the supply side, the long-term trend in the supply side, short volume, the supply chain is producing too much to, and there's not enough demand. Well, what will that do to prices? It will deteriorate them. It's not horrible. I'd look at Apple and say, well, it's nothing like a firm. You know, it's not going for 30 days at one. It's not bad, but yeah. it sure isn't what it used to be. And so once it, will it reset after options expirations and indexes recalibrate? That happens Friday on or in and around. It can't all happen on one day. That's going to happen around Friday. Options expire Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. New options trade next Monday. We can talk about that next Monday. But this is, it's not terrible, but you can understand immediately why Apple is not performing like it did before. And it may or may not have anything to do with the business fundamentals. It has to do with insufficient demand and excess supply. It's that simple. So how do we know when to come in on something like this like okay yeah. so apple you know you wouldn't come out on something like this is there anything you know when you're looking here besides energy maybe but is there what what do you what do you like right now tim like where where should we put be putting yeah. our money yeah what you want to do that i there to me three simple principles 
Where is the money going? We can look to see where the money's going. What's best among the things where the money is going and what's occurring around us? Are options expiring? Are indexes rebalancing? Is it an earnings season? All of those will affect the amount of speculation, which can disrupt the way the prices behave. So that's always the backdrop to me. So then for for the edged users, you know this, that this is the command central is the dashboard. Let's look across here and see where the supply demand equation indicates money is going. And it's not very good. I said this morning, there's there's either a, a paucity of trading opportunities or an abundance of misery, whichever way you want to look at it. But clean energy, there's one thing that has excess demand and at least constrained supply. So that's where you see right here. There are only nine companies. It's a portfolio I set up, uh, and I just put the, these com- components in here. But see how much how strong the demand side is and how reasonably constrained the supply side. It's not great, but look at it relative to cloud computing, where, where uh, demand has just not been good for the last, call it, a month. Uh, and so if I look at clean energy, then what I'm going to do is, if, where's the money going? Now I want to find the best thing in clean energy. Well, frankly, if I looked at this, I'd say m- probably fuel cell. Now, it's it's Here a very go. low. Here we go again with the fuel cell and the plug oh power. Gosh. All right. it's, it's actually been holding up. He's right, though. Look at the chart. It's, it's been, been it's good. been it's been great. So it's been at a, it's been above five since here, since. Uh, February 4th, it has outperformed the market and it still has very strong demand and heading into options expirations, supply is declining. That t- now, that's not an absolute. There are exceptions to the rule. There's just a central tendency. That would tell me that generally money remains committed to fuel cell. I will tell you stocks that are below $10, that the data volatility is greater. There's higher risk in it. But if I'm looking at that, that's the kind of stuff that you want to own. You want to own excess demand, not excess supply. So that's one example. And it's, you know, you could look at, you know, where else is money? Uh, Unsurprisingly, energy still looks good. The energy sector has about 140 companies in it. You'd think there'd be a lot more than that. But in the national market system, that's the component. You said, well, there are 300 energy companies in Houston. Yeah. yeah, but they're not all in the national market system. Uh, so here, see, the demand curve is beginning to come down. But look how strong it is versus, uh, the, you know, the, the axis of five. The demand, the supply side's ticking up. It's not great. You're not going to go get like you did, you know, in the last week, uh, stock, stocks like NOV uh, used to be called National Oil Field Varco. Not yeah. National Oil Well yeah. Varco, NOV Inc one of the best performers in the market, is it going to deliver the same kind of return? Well, no, you're at the kind of the top of the Ferris wheel. But that still tells me until we get get to options expirations, money remains in energy. No surprise. There's no surprise. That's where the money has been. But I'll tell you, it is tough to find good stuff. And all you have to do here is look at the demand side. All of these curves are just struggling even to get to five. Well, it tells you that at this point, in all, the great complex of regulatory accounts, retirement accounts, people are still backing away from stocks, and that's affecting the market. Now, will that change after uh, March expirations, end of the first quarter? Could. I don't know. We're going to find out. Tim Quas joins us every single Monday from Market Structure Mondays. His platform is marketstructureedge.com. And we, we were getting some questions, repeated questions in the chat about, can you get a discount? Spencer, get me a discount. Get me a discount. Okay, I heard you. 
I've gotten you a discount, uh, and I'm going to put the code up on the screen right now. It's Edge Prep 20. Let me just put it up on the screen right now. Edge Prep 20 to get you uh, $20 off uh, your Market Structure Edge subscription. There it is. That code expires the end of this week. It does. So you have one week, one business week, that is. It expires, I believe, on Friday. Of the eight, That's the 18th? Yes. So uh, that code, Edge Prep 20 from MarketStructureEdge.com. Tim, always a pleasure. Thanks have for joining us. Have a great yeah, week, you guys. Good to you see again. you. You didn't Thank talk you. me off the ledge, though. Uh, allow <laughs> me to do that right now. There will always be. This is my 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 my, my bold thesis for the week or for the day. My rant for the day, whatever you want to say. There will always be reasons to be afraid. Pick your poison to, uh, uh, right now. Go up and down the menu. There's many reasons to be scared. We have a war, a major war right now. We have inflation. We have uh, a hawkish uh, ECB last week. We have a Fed meeting this week. Lord knows. I mean, we know what they're going to say. They're going to raise rates, but we don't know. We don't know much more than that. Uh, we have all the stuff that we talked about with China. We have supply chain problems. We still have COVID, as evidenced by a lockdown over the weekend in China. There are lots of reasons to be afraid, and that makes this normal because there is always lots of reasons to be afraid that's okay sure. that is okay let's back up the truck and just buy stocks let's go all in is that what we that. want to do i didn't say that i, I don't just... know either i part of me wants to do that though part of me wants to it's a great point you're making part of me wants to ignore all this stuff and say look long term it's gonna be okay it's always been okay why would you not come in and just buy some stocks today do I want to buy Alibaba? I'm not sure. It looks like I just got a trader notified me. I'm not sure if we have verification on this, but it looks like JP Morgan just downgraded Alibaba to sell. Um, yeah. Do you have that? Ask the news desk. I just well, I just came across just like two minutes ago. Okay. I'm not sure where that's from. Like I'm not sure. Like you, so, trade. So one of my buddies just said JP Morgan just got downgraded. So or, Bob, or not JP Morgan. I'm sorry. But Alibaba just got downgraded by JP Morgan. All right. I mean, so <laughs> it's 81 and a half now. Now you got, and now, like, I don't know if this is, we don't have this verified that news desk is looking, not, but I mean, you're there. downgrading this now. Now we're downgrading Alibaba at $81 a share. Wow. You, you wow. want to hear something interesting? Uh, while Tim was on there, you, you know who, you know who just raised their guidance? Who? A firm. Did they? Literally while Tim was on. A firm just came out and they raised their sales guidance for the quarter and for the year slightly, but a raise is a raise is a raise. Stock's not rallying. It did. It spiked off that. To come back down. I looked yeah. at it as twenty nine. It's twenty nine. Oh, okay. I guess it's off the lows. Still down six percent on the day. Yeah. yeah. See the little spike, Joel. Wow. <laughs> that was short lived. Hey, Joel, you're on mute. Joel, uh, they're they're like, this, okay, uh, the bond thing didn't go well. Can uh, it got some good news? Like running around the office, like let's get some good news out there, folks. Uh, but no, that that made a new all time low. Uh, if you're trying to scoop it up, pre market low. I don't. I'll give you the pre market low. That's a potential level, twenty seven sixty five. And uh, if you're looking for a gap fill. The bottom of the range, the new old or the 
old-time closing low, 3078. So you can see that on a pop. People get excited. 3078, 3076. Look how quickly. Like, I can't even, like, if, that, if that's the bar, look how quickly that got sold. I know. Wow. Like, they can't even go up for, like, five minutes on that. Like right. it rallies to 32 on the initial headline, and then they just hammer it down again. There are so many victims in this stock. Call them victims now. I mean, Spencer just moved not even bag holders. They're like victims of FOMO. <laughs> Spencer is that an just, all-time low for a firm? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. Spencer just moved the S and Ps with his little uh, little positivity thing. I there. think look, he did. Look at look that. At this. We're blasting off. We get a headline from Ukraine or something. Oh yeah, the war's over. Didn't you hear? Oh, that's good news. Yeah. Now we can worry about yeah. China and interest rates. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know what to say. All I get to say, all the only thing we promise you is it's going to be a lot of chop. I'm going to sell the rips. I'm going to buy the dips. I'm going to be trading it. Investing-wise, I'm sitting with dry powder. I'm not going all in. We know I did some reallocation. I think I'm still just sitting back on from an investing standpoint. But I will tell you from... You know, a trading standpoint, as much as we've been, you know, talking, there's a lot of opportunities on, on from a trading perspective. Just selling, like at firm, you know, it goes up 32, it's gone. It's right back down. I mean, there's just so many opportunities from a trading perspective. There's so much chop right now. I think you got to take advantage of the chop. Take the money when you got it. You get the nice pop, you buy the stock, it goes up 6 7 8%. Take the money and run. That's the way it's working in this environment. Two minutes left in the show. We'll do some ticker time. Kevin Blair asks thoughts on Google. Sure. Let's do Google. Alphabet, whatever you want to call it. Biggest position, almost the biggest position in my long-term portfolio. Love the company still. Again, everything is just out of favor right now. Is it cheap? It's cheaper than Apple. It's not cheap, though. Maybe relative to itself. But that's the biggest problem is nothing is really cheap. You know, that's why I keep coming back to. I'm like, we have all these worries. And all these worries existed in the financial crisis, but stocks were dirt cheap. All these worries existed after the tech bubble burst, but stocks were dirt cheap. All these worries exist today, but stocks aren't dirt cheap. So that's the biggest difference. It's like, it's hard to just come all in here and buy expensive stocks in an environment with all these worries. They got to get cheaper, I think. I go to Cameron. I go back to Cameron's interview. The stocks aren't cheap. There, and 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 she was just saying there's been no signs of capitulation. I kind of agree with that. Uh, I'm going to go just just technical on you here, and um, you know it's hard when you have a twenty you know twenty six twenty seven hundred dollars stock, but really this uh, where we're we trading at we're trading at twenty six twelve. Huh. Until we could wow, look at these three highs, man. Twenty six seventy. I mean, until you. I know. Wow, that's fifty-eight bucks away. It's, man, that's major resistance today. I, I until that thing can get. That's a well, who knows what the market's going to do today. But I don't know. That that's a big dump. If it, until it gets over twenty, uh, let's call twenty-six seventy-five. I say the path of least resistance is lower, and you have two lows here at like twenty-six hundred. You're only twelve bucks away. You lose 20, 2600 and man, you got nowhere to go in this thing. So uh, 2600's got a hold and man, if you see this thing at 2670, 75 today, then that's going to be some major resistance. It, it's just a good point New York Giants saying 22 PE is not cheap. 
And I mean, we've been in such an environment where you see something with a 22p and you're like, wow, that's cheap. Thank you. Where where does the, yeah, but where is the historical, let's go to the S&P. Historically speaking, where is the average We're PE still high. for the S&P? What is it? 15? This people don't realize. This. What is it, 15? Is 15. That, yeah. 15. Yeah, you know where it got to after the financial crisis? Like nine. Eight or nine, yeah. Eight or nine. So, I mean, 22 is still way over historical trends on just if we if we just compare it to S&P. And I'll say Google is like an S&P stock. It really is. It's big. It's a huge part of it. So you should be giving it a huge premium on stocks. I love Google. I still own the company. I haven't sold any of it. But, you know, I sold some year, but I haven't sold any Google in like probably seven or eight years. It's grown to a big part. I think I'm up like a thousand percent. It's been really, really good. But am I coming in and buying it right now? It's not cheap. No. Nope. All right. I'm going to hop here. Uh, good job today, go, Dennis. Go, good job, Spencer. Go, go before oh, I think go. bad job by go, me. Go, I was go bearish on everything. Stocks are starting happy, to go Happy Pi Day, Joel. Oh. Okay. Pi Day. That's What's right. today? That's today. Sorry. Happy Happy Pi Day, Dennis. March, what is March, a Pi Day? March 14th. 314, Dennis. Let's yeah. go. I don't even know what that is. Is a Pi Day? Pi- you have a oh. Pi Day now? Yeah. Is it- Three point one four one five nine two six five three is as far as I can go. All right, you you didn't get it. That's fine. We're done. Dennis- oh, pie like pie. I was thinking like eating blueberry pie. I'm always thinking with my stomach. Yeah, I was uh, like, do I get to eat pie today? <laughs> you, you can, you can. That's the beauty of it. Do whatever you want. All right, we're done uh, gotcha. here. Oh my! I'm gosh. Sl- yeah, flunking math again. I know that's that, that that that's so, <laughs> so horribly. One more, one for the road. Buy some bling. Get some bling going. Look at that. Swag.benzinga.com, guys. Uh, don't 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 tell Joel, but that shirt is on the store. But don't tell Joel. It, 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 you you can. I've people have asked in the chat today. How do you buy that shirt? It's in the swag store. Swag.benzinga.com. Shh. Okay. We're done. We're going live next with live trading with Benzinga. Mitch is out for the first half of the week, and uh, he's out for a good reason. Mitch, uh, along with a couple other guys from Benzinga, are down in Austin, Texas, for a combination of South by Southwest coverage, and also they're getting a tour of a certain EV factory down there. I'm not going to say which one it is, but uh, we'll have some content about that out next week. So Aaron Bree is hosting live trading today with Zunaid and Ryan going live right now. We're done over here, so smash that like button, please, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Twitch, even on LinkedIn. Thanks to our guest today, Tim Quast. Please remember that all the information from our show And all of our shows are meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. And uh, that's a wrap. Oh, you know what I need to do before we go? We are on the literal doorstep of 150,000 YouTube subscribers. We're like 20 away. I'm not joking. Um, We're going to figure out a way to celebrate that nice round number. I don't know what we're going to do yet, but if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, you can be the 150,000 Benzinga YouTube subscriber if you subscribe in the next, like, five minutes. So do that. I'm done. Everyone, good luck. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Check out the open today. Stay green and make some money. Catch you guys later.